This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. A coach who is fatigued will make worse decisions than a coach who is fresh. The consequence is the same as when your players are fatigued. You will reduce the chance of winning. End quote. That is what Marcus Walfordson tweeted out recently. He included a link with additional information about the topic of coach recovery and the fatigue that many of us coaches suffer from. The topics of recovery and fatigue are things we typically do not associate with coaching. In fact, coaches are pretty much expected to work, 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 and never let any sort of symptoms show. But Marcus takes a different approach and is encouraging coaches to take time to focus on themselves. In this episode, I get to know Marcus a little bit better and ask some questions about his own personal journey and his own personal recovery and mental training habits. For more information from Marcus, you can visit his website or connect with him on social media. Links are available on 343coaching.com if you want to go and connect with him. And Marcus and I both share the desire to maximize the chance of winning. That is something that stuck out to me uh, when I first came across his work. And part of maximizing your chances of winning are not only uh, preparing yourself mentally like Marcus talks about, but it's also preparing yourself with the best coaching education that you can get. And that's where 343 comes into play. 343's premium coaching membership program is the gold standard in coaching education. It's a program that that is designed for ambitious coaches that want to learn how to coach smart, possession-based soccer. And if that's what you are looking for, 343's proven methodology can help you reduce your trial and error time and just get right to the work that actually matters. The premium membership gives you 24-7 access to real training and match videos, audio lessons, ebooks, and members-only forums for networking and sharing ideas with other coaches from across the nation. It's the best coaching education that I've been able to find that's on the market, and it's the only one that I've found that gives you real training and match footage proving that this stuff actually works. Most of the coaching education that you get out there is uh, staged. It's with uh, other people's teams. It's coaches coaching other coaches. It's not It's not realistic. What you get with 343 is the real deal, and you can learn more about that and see all of the work at 343coaching.com, or you can just go you go there and you can sign up and start learning from us today. Plain and simple. That's what it is. All right. Uh, I hope that you enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast, and I hope that you enjoy hearing this conversation about mental recovery and fatigue with Marcus Walfordson. Marcus. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing doing very well. I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> well, good, good, good. I'm uh, I'm seldom excited to talk to myself. So <laughs> yeah. No, today today's an especially exciting day for us. One of uh, one of the players that I've I've been fortunate to uh, to watch for many many years just signed a just signed a contract with Ajax and just got announced today. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Mendes, right? Yep, Alex Mendes. Yeah. So it's yeah. 
it's a very good day for us over here uh, at three four three. Yeah. Was um, he, uh, so he was with you when he was a kid. Not with me. So he okay. he was coached by by Brian Kleiben, who is is somebody that I've um, I've followed and I've studied for almost ten years now, and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've just, I've, I've gotten the chance to watch Brian's teams play and Alex has always been a, a player for Brian since, uh, since Alex was about 10. So I, mm. I've just got, I've gotten a chance to see him grow <clears throat> into the player that he is today. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's pretty exciting. So yeah, not one of my players, but, but now that I work for three, four, three, it's, uh, I'm, I'm closely affiliated. Yeah. <laughs> may, it may be a little bit tough to, to, you know, take the credit for it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, no credit whatsoever. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I, I'm happy. I've gotten a chance to get to know him and, and he's a great kid. So I'm just super excited yeah. for him today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, of course. Cool. I'm just kidding with you. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. all right. So, uh, I, I want to just maybe tell you how I, how I came across who you are and then, uh, mm-hmm. and then I want to, I want to get a chance to talk about it. So yep. you, you wrote a very interesting article about, um, recovery, but not, mm-hmm. not what people are used to hearing about recovery. Cause a lot of times people are used to hearing about player recovery and how important it is that players take care of their body and get proper sleep and nutrition and rest and, and fitness and, and everything like that. But you took a different angle and you talked about coaching recovery or coach recovery, mm. how important it is for the coach to not be fatigued. And if the coach is fatigued, that's going to impact the performance of the coach. And I thought mm. I, I, I felt like I'd never seen anything like that before, but it's obviously something that we all experience, especially as, youth soccer coaches in the United States where we do something very strange where we play, our teams might play five or six games in one weekend. And as a coach, you don't realize that that's taking a mental or it's giving yourself a mental beating as well as a physical beating. Um, and, and we don't, we don't stop to think about that. So I, I came across your article. I can't remember exactly how I, how I saw it first, but I remember reading it and I reached out to you immediately and wanted to bring you on the podcast to have you talk about it. So, um, Let's uh, let's let's talk about it for twenty or twenty five minutes. <laughs> How, yeah, uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. yeah. Who? Yeah. I, I guess let's start with uh, who are you and uh, and what's your what's your background and then then we can kind of transition and, and talk a little bit about the article itself. Yeah, it's uh, it's the worst question you can give any human <laughs> being. I think uh, who are you? Because it's a uh, it's a complex answer that uh, sometimes requires a very simple answer. I'm me. Um, that is something you learn when you meditate a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I'm uh, I'm Swedish. Um, I, I have my base in Sweden, although I'm currently in the US. Um, I've been coaching full time um, for almost ten years. I've been working myself, uh, mer- working my way up from the grassroots uh, to the top level. Um, I basically held every role you can have uh, within the game. Everything from coaching seven-year-olds to the oldest player I ever had was a 50-year-old, actually, a goalkeeper, of course. Um, I've coached pro players. Uh, I coached men. I coached women. I've been a scout, uh, player developer, coach educator, and even been on the board for a youth club. So i kind of done a little bit of everything. Um, purpose, uh, that was also my purpose, to, to gain as much understanding as possible. So you can say that I have uh, experience from a lot of different levels and a lot of different areas uh, within the game. And um, yeah. Is, uh, um, is most of your experience in Sweden? 
most of it is actually in Norway, Norway and Sweden. So uh, um, it's a Scandinavian, Scandinavian experience. And how how did you become affiliated with Raymond Verheijen? And I think that's that's something um, I learned not immediately about you, but um, I think after maybe a, a little bit of. Uh, interacting with personal messages you you told me that you were going to be touring the united states with raymond so i'm really curious how that came about well i mean uh, pretty pretty simple actually i uh, i attended a course in 2013 and um, then i started helping uh, helping uh, him with arranging course in the u.s or in in uh, in norway sorry norway scandinavia from 2014 15 something and i basically attended his courses uh, since 2013 um, and this year, uh, I also got the opportunity to to help him arrange course in the U.S., which has been a really fun, uh, good experience for me. And um, it's, it's very, very uh, cool to see how how uh, not only how the U.S. Uh, system works, but also the interest uh, among the U.S. coaches and how this, that's improving. How the the interest of coach education is improving and and uh, objective coach education. So I think that's a really positive thing. Absolutely. In in the United States, I, I've always said that coaches are very hungry for for coaching education. We don't we don't have access to high quality coaching education from our federation. Uh, it's not it's not easy to obtain, I guess. And so coaches are are left to find access or find other routes of, of education on their own. And so things like Raymond's uh, courses, the courses that we offer as a company, uh, which is mm. all 100% online, um, th- those tend to be very popular and those tend to be where coaches t- learn the most and they, they find the most value and then they have to go to the official courses to get their licenses or, <laughs> or whatnot. And, and, yeah. and that's more of um, just a formality. It's not necessarily where the learning takes place, but the learning takes place in, in the courses like you present with Raymond and like we do and many other people do. Yeah, but I also think that is a kind of a societal change as well that you see now that it's not only in coaching, but in, in society in general. I see we are learning more online. We're learning more from independent sources than maybe the the old-fashioned university kind of uh, uh, settings as well so i think that's a it's a it's a bigger picture but uh, like you say definitely within the game what is what is your background when it comes to studying and, and researching and providing education about something like recovery um do you have do you have a background in in physical education or or anything remotely similar to that or you actually you mentioned meditation just a moment ago so i'm wondering if this if this if that's another angle that you come at this from well i mean i've attended two 10-day meditation camps uh, in the last two years so i have um, at least uh, some experience in meditation um but I have no formal education. Um, I've always kind of studied the things that I find interesting in the moment. So I'm guessing, in a way, I'm one of the newer, new generation uh, type learners. So I've read a lot about uh, coaching in general. I read about, a lot about psychology. I read a lot about, uh, of course, exercise, uh, physiology and all that stuff. But I have no former, formal uh, education. So what... What about the topic of of coaching recovery? Did you did you notice, or or what made you want to cover a topic like this and write an article and share this with the with the coaches that that are in your network? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's based on two things. It's based on one part is general observation from just uh, if you look at the game um, objectively, for, for example, at a top level and you look f through a whole season, uh, you can see that um, the decision making of coaches seem to drop a little bit at the end. It's not only about the players, but also uh, you see coaches making a little bit stranger decisions sometimes um, after three quarters of the season, for example. But also, secondly, I mean, from from my practice with mentoring a lot of coaches, because I started that a couple of years ago, and I now run something called fcmentoring.com. Um, so talking with all these coaches, um, you hear this, this problem all the time. You hear the... The amount of hours they are working, the amount of days per week, I mean, six, almost seven days a week uh, for long periods of time. You hear about uh, 80 to 100 hour uh, work weeks, and not only one week, but continuously. And you hear about coaches who kind of lose interest uh, eventually in the game. And it's not because they, <laughs> you know, fall out of love. It's more about they are not able to maintain their own quality of coaching. So that's exactly the same thing that happened to players where you see players who are fatigued and they start getting these negative thoughts uh, about their own quality, about their own uh, performance. The same thing happens with coaches. So, uh, and of course, my own experience, I've also been there myself. Uh, I mean, I, I've been there. Um, I know exactly how it is, so I recognize what, what these coaches are telling me. Sorry, I'm ready. I'm taking notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this something that you've noticed is common at all levels? And you you mentioned that you've worked with uh, you know, a wide range of, of players and coaches, I think you said from age 10 to age 50. Um, is, is it something that you've, you've noticed is common at, at all levels? And then especially, or sorry, um, additionally, um, is it more or less prevalent at the youth soccer level where you see coaches putting in uh, 80 to 100 hour work weeks or is that the top, top, top level? I, I think you see it at all levels um, because I've been talking to coaches who are youth coaches coaching multiple teams, for example, uh, which is, I know, a very common thing here in the U.S., but also in Scandinavia. It's the same thing if you're an academy coach um, in, in Scandinavia, also long hours. Um, but it, uh, at the same time, that's also how it is at top level uh, because you want to do and you need to do everything you can to make sure that you have a bigger chance of winning the next game. And um, what you see is that um, a lot of coaches, they struggle with the recovery in between these kind of bouts of because that we have a week or two, with, we have uh, a lot of hours. That's kind of normal. That's part of part of the game. But what they do is they, they struggle to let go in between. So basically, you keep thinking about your work or you keep uh, uh, obsessing about uh, um, what you're going to do in the next training session, even though you are supposed to be at home with your family, for example, or you're supposed to relax. You, you try to take a day off, but uh, you, you hear this all the time. Instead of taking a day off, they end up going back to the office or drawing up plays or training sessions or whatever. So... Uh, from a health perspective, this is not a good thing because what happens is that if you're constantly worrying or kind of stressed about performing better or uh, being a better coach for your players or whatever, well, then 
we know that physiologically, I mean, cortisol will go up and you will have a tough time sleeping. And if you don't sleep enough, yeah, we all know the, the, the health effects of that. So, I mean, that is kind of the, the first thing we see that the lack of quality recovery in between these sessions is a, is a huge thing. Can you can you provide any insight or any tips as to how to disconnect from from that or or how to start a, a, a proper recovery process like you said in between those bouts of of long work sessions? Yeah, I mean, I think the, absolutely the most important thing, especially in today's society, is that um, I mean we need to take care of our health, um, our whole body, which means the brain and everything, because. Um, so we, we need to start with basically what we will be put into our body. Because if you work long hours at the office, you know that uh, it's not, uh, we're not totally sure that you're going to have the best meal, if you know what I mean. So if you start putting junk into the system, then you will also start producing junk uh, in terms of negative thinking, which will affect hormones and the whole process is, is uh, starting to go. So I think that is number one, you know, watch out for what you actually put in your body um, number two will be make sure that you take time to be with your family with your friends and when you do make sure that you are there so you know disconnect um, you know turn your phone off leave it at home don't bring your computer you know when you have that day or those two days a month or whatever it could be make sure that you have quality time in those sessions and of course i would say also meditation is a is a very very good way to go i mean we have a lot of scientific proof now that meditation helps regulate um, things like for example cortisol uh, it helps you to calm down your thinking and will get you to sleep faster and help you maintain focus for longer so i th- would say those three things would be kind of relatively simple things to to at least start with to try to to implement in your in your daily life so to say i have a question about meditation i'm i'm always fascinated and i've tried it uh, a handful of times i've never been successful at implementing it on a regular basis uh, and it sounds like you're fairly new i think you mentioned maybe two two years ago you maybe started mm. um what what about meditation fascinated you in the beginning and what were some of the things that you did initially that helped you make that part of uh, a regular part of your life? Uh, for me, it was more uh, an issue of knowing that I could be better. And what I found in myself was I easily got distracted, for example. So I, um, not only... Um, before going to bed so that that's one thing you know you you lie awake at night and you're staring at the ceiling and you know you have all these thoughts and no, you know you want to get to sleep but you can't so that's one thing um, then another thing also that uh, I noticed that hey I want to get this done and then I want to get the other thing done but I keep getting distracted um, so that's kind of what brought me into meditation and to be honest in the beginning uh, like you say, it's kind of difficult because you, at least I did when I started, was, you know, you expect that uh, meditating is, uh, yeah, you sit there for 5, 10, 15 minutes and then you should have no thoughts. But that's not what's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of thoughts and that's okay. You just got to 
track it back to your breathing or whatever it is that you are focusing on. So um, I think a lot of people who start meditating, they make the mistake of vas- you know, valuating um, or putting a value on, on, uh, on, on the thoughts that start to pop up. So you think, hey, I got a thought, which means, you know, I can't meditate. But that's not a, that's not it at all. That's actually what the whole point is. You will get thoughts, but you need to just get back, and eventually you will have longer, longer uh, stretches of time uh, without thoughts. Personally, how often do you do you meditate, and what does a meditation session uh, consist of for for you personally? For me, it's uh, at least thirty minutes every day, um, usually in the morning, and uh, but also during the day sometimes. For example, I usually, I always say that you know when you're waiting for the elevator or you're waiting to get picked up by a friend, uh, instead of taking out your phone and start w- looking at that, you know, just meditate for a couple of minutes. I mean, those small moments help. So that's that's something that's I think really important for people to understand, and it's something just that I've I, I I'm aware of. I'm not good at at the actual practice of it, so I maybe shouldn't be speaking about it um, <laughs> like like I'm an expert. But people and myself included tend to be scared about meditation because they don't know what it really should be, or they have this mm. false sense of of what it should be. Meaning, you should sit cross legged on the floor, and you should have your eyes closed, and there should be relaxing music playing. But that's not necessarily what it needs to be. And, and you mentioned just a, just a moment ago that it could be that short thirty seconds to one minute where you are waiting for an elevator. And, and that yep. that can be a good moment to just disconnect from or just evaluate from or not even just just not even think about anything. Just just chill. Yeah. Or, I mean, take a walk in the woods. I mean, just do something that at least puts you uh, puts all the noise away. You know, what I mean, so that you, know, you can you can do something else. Let your let your you be let yourself be alone with your own thoughts. Is this is this something that you make part of your curriculum or, or your services that you offer at FC Mentoring? Is, is meditation a, a big aspect of that? It totally depends on, uh, on what the coach uh, needs at the moment. So because we tailor everything or I tailor everything uh, from, from the starting point of the coach who I'm mentoring. But it uh, does happen that we, we enter the realm of meditation, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's it's also fascinating to me because Raymond kind of got or or is most known for being somebody who is an expert at recovery and 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 these types of things. And so to now hear this side of it, where it's not talking about players, you're talking about actual coaches. I think is is very very fascinating. And and like I said earlier, that's what really interested me about the article that you wrote and. I don't think that American coaches, and hopefully you're able to see this as, as you're touring the United States, American coaches don't take uh, enough time to even sit and think about their own thoughts they're, they're, or think about themselves even. They're, they're just go, 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 go. And, and then by the time the week is over, the next week is starting. And it's just it's a very fast pace here. Yeah, listen, I, I don't think Americans are alone on okay, this topic. Yeah. I mean, you see this in Europe as well. And I, I, it's a societal thing, I think, in, in you know, uh, when it comes down to it. And um, But I do think there are some kind of simple strategies we can use to kind of break that rhythm and, and start taking charge uh, of our own coaching lives again. 
Yeah, it's actually good to hear you say that that we aren't alone. And a lot of times Americans believe we're special and we're (laughs) (laughs) like we we do things differently and whatnot. But a lot of times, yeah, it's it's very true. There's these same problems exist all over the world. Um, We're very fortunate to have a coach that's in Sweden that's part of our uh, part of our online courses and and he learns a lot from from what we do and he says it directly applies to to everything that he does in sweden so it, it's just, that's kind of like a, a testament to you know how things are very similar even though it's it's also very different yeah i mean it's the same game everywhere so uh it's still 11 v 11 so the the problems are more or less similar all over the world at the at the end of every interview that i've i've done for the last uh, almost two years i've I've asked the guest on the show, what do people need to know? And everybody has their own area of expertise or their own area of passion. And and so I have now, I think, a collection of almost like 100 answers uh, to to that question. So um, from from your perspective, now as, as a coach with 10 years of experience, with this new experience with meditation and recovery, and then also now your experience of touring the United States and seeing what what this landscape is like when you think about american coaches specifically what do what do people need to know um i i would say that you need to know that the most important thing and the reason we are there as coaches is to develop the players so everything we do should be to make the learning experience for the players as good as possible which means that we need to be fresh ourselves in order to be able to deliver the learning. And we also need to be able to prioritize in a way that makes sure that we focus on learning how to play the game and not focus on things like running around the pitch or anything else, crazy stuff. <laughs> I, I 100% agree, man. Um, where where can people learn more about, about you? Where can people find out more information about FC mentoring and where can people connect with you if they have further questions? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm not working because of the response for this, uh, from this uh, one blog post, like you mentioned, and the reason why we are speaking, I'm now working on creating a training video on this topic. And of course, I will release that when it's ready in a couple of weeks, but um, that will be free for all the football coach mentoring members. So those who are interested in that could, could check that out. Um, you can also sign up for a kind of a newsletter on that so you can be like, like the first guy who, who can see that video. But otherwise, it will be Twitter, Instagram, uh, M. Wolfridson, um, same, the website as well. So fcmentoring.com is the most important one. And uh, hope to see you there. Perfect. Marcus, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, I apologize for, for last week. I was actually... Uh, I, I lost track of my own time and I went to go work on myself. I went for a long run that morning. and, and <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, then, then it's okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, let's, uh, let's stay in touch and, and, and I'm excited to see what that video turns out like and, uh, yep. and, and hopefully we can get you back on the show again soon. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you, Marcus. Have a good day. All right. Bye. You, you too. Bye. All right. 
right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.